Good morning, Mount Airy. Said like it was cold outside. Good morning, Mount Airy. That was better. Um, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning to come and worship Him together. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. I greet you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And saying so, I love Pastor Keith and Lisa. They are just an amazing couple. Um, I had the pleasure of having them in my office not so long ago. I just sit down and talk with them about, about you. Um, and they love you. Really, they do. Not every pastor does. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but he spoke very highly of his people. He said, Stephen, you're going to love them when you get there. So I'm just thankful for the opportunity to come and to worship with you all this morning. Um, I say that um, knowing that my role here this morning is to bring what God has to say. But in saying that, I need to ask an opening question. Does God speak? Does God speak? Okay. One responded. <clears throat> if God does speak, do you listen? Okay, less answers. If God speaks and you listen, do you obey? And less answers. And if you obey, how often do you obey? And if then, then why not now? I come asking you that this morning, not out of someone who read it somewhere himself, but from someone who had the question asked from the conviction of the Spirit myself. You see, there are many things that have happened between when I said I would come and me being here today that could have kept me from even being here. But I knew that if God said go, then I must go. And if he clearly said, Stephen, this is the assignment I have for you, certainly I'll be with you, then what do I have to be afraid of? At what point do I have any authority to say, well, Lord, that just seems a bit difficult. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm scared out of my mind. I don't know about you, but the God that I know and trust, if he says, to go and I call him Lord, then I surely better do what he tells me to do. So does he speak? Well, many would agree. Well, yes, God speaks. We come to worship and to hear his word. When we, we want to hear from God, not from you, right? If that's true, then we actually listen. If we listen, do we actually obey If we sometimes obey, how often is that? And if we pick which time, why did we pick that time and why would we not do it now? Do you call yourself a follower of Jesus? I won't make you raise your hands, but I am asking you, think about it within yourself. Do you call Jesus Lord? Your answer is yes, and I heard a few. 
Luke 6.46 speaks of you. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Matter of fact, in John 14.15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So God was speaking then, and he surely speaks now because he doesn't change. Okay? I ask you, will you listen? Will you obey? I'll share with you a quick story, and I'll get into the text. A close friend of ours, her name is Jasmine. She shared with us a story, and I got her approval before I shared this, by the way. She had a neighbor who lost her son. He passed away, and it was very devastating and difficult for her. And the first few months after were trying. And as you could possibly imagine, she would let some in and push some away. And so Jasmine was being sensitive to that and always just rushing over to be in her face to give and do. But on one particular Saturday, she's in her house and she felt something telling her to go see her neighbor specifically her neighbor, to get up and go. So she sat for a minute, contemplated it, and then dismissed it. She thought it might have been the gumbo, you know. Not long after that, again, this compelling desire to go and be with her neighbor just came inside of her, a little more overwhelming than before. And so she even prompted herself to tell her husband, honey, I feel like I need to go see our neighbor right now. And her husband looked at her and said, well, then you ought to go. Pretty simple, right? She dismissed it once again. Shortly after that, a third prompting, compulsion, led her in a little more specific direction, not only to go and see her, but to go to the site where her son was buried and take snow cones. <laughs> Sounds a little bit specific, right? She actually got up and bought the snow cones. Late. Didn't get there in time got back home and saw her neighbor going in her house. And she went over to get a good laugh about the whole thing. She said, neighbor, I coming to see you today. I know, weird, right? Her neighbor told her that today was the hardest of days for her. For over the months of this happening, today was especially difficult, and she was praying for someone to come and be with her. And after her first prayer, it was just a simple, let me have a companion. After her second prayer, it was, Lord, I really want someone to go with me to go and put flowers by my son's grave. And the third time was at the gravesite. It was hot outside, and she said, I'd love a snow cone. Jasmine began to cry and realize, I heard didn't obey. I ask you this morning, does God speak? 
He does. Do you listen? So, do you obey? You believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, and he did all that he professed that he would do. If he truly came from heaven to earth, that he went to Calvary to pay our debt. If you believe that he was buried and on the third day rose with all power in his hand like he said he would. If you believe that, then he is your Savior. The Bible tells us that. But he didn't redeem you for a get-out-of-hell-free ticket. He redeemed you so he could be in you and with you and could send you. Because there's someone waiting for you. Waiting for you. That will be the central point of our topic today. I want us to take a look at a very familiar Bible character in Exodus chapter 3. A text that many of you may have read time and time again. But I want to give you a newer perspective on this encounter that Moses had with God. I want us to look at it from the perspective of speaking, listening, and obeying. Not for the purpose of self-gain, but because someone may be waiting for you. Just like Jasmine's neighbor was waiting, maybe, just maybe, there's someone waiting for you. If you have it in your Bibles, let's take a look. Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. I want to take a quick pause here and just dive into what we've read so far. First of all, this is a huge turn of perspective for Moses. He went from being the priest, uh, the prince of Egypt, from being highly esteemed in a very prominent country. And now Egyptians had a problem with shepherds, or especially anyone who dealt with animals. They thought they were unclean. They wanted to stay as far away from them as they could. So here's Moses now, after fleeing from Egypt, now tending sheep. You see his perspective now? Very humbling, right? It's like being in a position of high esteem here in America, whether it's at your job or at your church, and then all of a sudden being humbled very much so to a much lower position, actually the lowest possible, and living there for 40 years. You're all of a sudden in a position to listen, aren't you? See where Moses is. And then after this, as he's tending this flock as he normally would, right? Something unusual happens. He looks up to see a bush. Now, some historians would say, and 
topographical people would say it's amazing he even found a bush. But he found a bush and it was burning but not burning up. He was aware of what was happening around him. I ask you, how many of you this morning are aware of what's happening around you more often than not? How many of you are trying to stay out of this realm, right, and in the realm in which God has placed you in for the purpose he has for you? It's going to be really hard to hear from or obey what God has to say if you're always following someone else, Twitter, Instagram, or the likes. Sometimes it's picking your chin up and looking out and seeing where he's working. So here's Moses, aware of his surrounding, now in a new position, much lower than he was before. Let's see what happens next. We're now in verse 3. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he, being God, then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I, I have come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression which the Egyptian oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, imagine you're in Moses' position. Imagine you are in front of this amazing sight of a burning bush. And you realize that this is God Almighty speaking to you and God's telling you what you already know. That the people, his people, your people, because you were adopted into your position, are being oppressed. And they need freedom. Moses tried to free them on his own one time. He killed an Egyptian and then went to plead with his Israelite brothers and said, hey, why are you two fighting? We should work together and free ourselves. And the Israelite looked at him and said, why? Because you'll kill me like you did that Egyptian yesterday? So he fled because he knew he'd be in big trouble with Pharaoh. And Moses realized, I can't free them. Not the way I want to. And then here's God 
at this bush, telling him, I've come down because I've seen my people's affliction. I've heard their prayers and their cry, and I want them to be free to worship me right here. And I'm sending you. So Moses likely was standing there going, yeah, yeah, that's right. They're crying. Yes, let's, you see the excitement on Moses right now? Until God says, come now. Not come later, not come if you want to. Come now, because I'm sending you. This is my first point. When God speaks, you need to listen. You see, Moses was getting excited to hear that God heard. He was excited to hear that God was listening. He was excited to think that God was about to do something. Here's where the rubber met the road. When God said, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. I ask you this morning, if you earlier said, I'm a follower of Jesus, and you believe he is who he says he is, and you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, I tell you this morning, you cannot be a follower of Jesus and not know that you are sent. You cannot be a child of the king and not be on mission with the king. You cannot be one who hears from and think that I heard so I can feel good. That's not God's way of doing things. You show me someone who says, I've heard God speak. And I'll show you someone who's been commissioned and sent. God wasn't speaking to Moses for a tea party. Or for a good devotional thought. God wasn't revealing what he was doing because he wanted Moses to be excited in that one place and stay there. In these four walls, we worship, we sing, we feel good, we are charged up, and we get brought forth a word, a word that is challenging for us to go, be, and do. So when God is speaking to us on who we need to be and who we are in him, that is a time for us to realize that once we leave these four walls, when we get up, we go because someone is waiting for you. There's someone who needs to hear the hope, the joy, the love of God and to see and experience it through you. And if you truly hear from God, you have the message they need. You have the assignment to go with God where he's working. See Moses' response in verse 11. But, you know, if you just read the buts of the Bible, you find they're all turning points, right? Remember I said Moses was pretty excited about hearing God heard. He's like, thank you, Lord. Shoot, that was 40 years ago I tried to free my people. About time you showed up, right? And here it is, 
God then says, come now, therefore, I'm sending you. (laughs) Here's the but. But Moses said to God, I think that's just hilarious too. It's kind of oxymoron, right? You got to remember who you're talking to. Like when God sends you and says, great and mighty warrior, I am sending thee to this place. Who are you to say, but God, wait, don't you know that? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? This is the creator of heaven and earth. He made you. He knows every hair on your head and he can subtract. (laughs) I want you to understand this. God already knows you. He created you. He made you. He's equipped you. He's prepared you. Matter of fact, let's look at Moses' situation. He's at the mountain of God, Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai. He's been leading through this area in Midian for many, many years. And in that, he's learned to guide sheep, which sheep are not very smart. And you're having to keep tapping them and bring them along, and you're having to protect them, and you got to feed them, and you got to watch them. And he's having to keep them in line to keep them safe. Funny. When the people of Israel got to come out of Egypt, what's he got to do? He's got to keep them in line. He's got to feed them. He's got to water them. He's got to keep them safe. You may not see the tie of the connection right now, but God's been grooming you for the work he has for you. And when he comes and says, come now, therefore, I'm sending you. Be careful how you respond. Because what you say and what you do next shows who he is to you. Food for thought. Continuing in verse 11. But Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? That brings to my next point. When God speaks, don't question him. I mean, think about it for a moment. He's God. God is God. And we are not. And so if God speaks to you and he declares to you, thus saith the Lord. I went old King James on you, sorry. If he says this to you, sending you wherever that may be, it could be in your home to your spouse or children. It could be to your neighbor next door like Jasmine. It could be to that coworker. Yes, that coworker. It could be to a complete stranger who's walking in hopelessness, oppressed and bound by the atmosphere that they are in. It could be anyone. Will you respond to God when he speaks and says, I'm sending you? Continuing at verse 12. I I find it hard sometimes. I find it hard sometimes. Because people tell me all the time, Stephen, God's been speaking to me. God's been telling me. I'm sorry for laughing. But they'll go on and on, and I'll sit there and I'll wait until they've finished. 
and I'll say, what has he told you to do? They'll say, what do you mean? He wants me to do something? I said, I'm not going to challenge whether or not God spoke to you or not, but I will challenge it based on Scripture and knowing that when God speaks, he's always doing something. And if he's speaking to you, he's tending you somewhere. He's drawing you into the work with him to do something, to join him where he's already working. And if that's true, then that means that someone is waiting for you. Where's your relationship with God today? How much time are you intentionally spending with him to get to know him, to know it's his voice when he's speaking? Allowing him to transform you into the vessel where he can use it for his glory. Because inside of that transformation and work and change into your being, when he sins, others will see his glory in you. 12. So he said, he being God, I will certainly be with you. How encouraging. He starts with that to Moses. He says, I will be with you. Do you know that God says that to you this morning? That he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says that in Deuteronomy 31. And here he's telling Moses, I'll certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am, hath sent me to you. Understand that if you go on your own authority, I can understand your fear. If you go on your own authority, I can understand your apprehension of adequacy or equipped ability to do or to complete what God has called you to. But if God says, I will certainly be with you. If God says, I will never leave you. If, in, if what Romans 8 says about nothing can separate you from the love of God, if that is true, and I know that it is, we have nothing to be afraid of. Here, God is telling him, I am the all-existent one. There is none greater than me, and I could do it. I could have done this any way I wanted, but I'm choosing to take you and send you and go with you. My last point is this. When God is answering prayers, he may use you. When God is answering prayers, he may use you. I ask you once again, at what point, what point did you hear God say, 
to you to go. You decided no. What does that say about you? Because now you missed the ones that were waiting. You see, sometimes your disobedience isn't just blocking your blessing, but you're stopping God's working in someone else's life. When you decide that these four walls is the only place you'll say his name or wear your Christian hat, then you've decided that you're not going to be sent by him and be his light, as Jesus says in Matthew 5. He calls us to be lights of the world, not under a basket, but those who are completely surrendered to him to do whatever he asks us to. I ask you this morning, does God speak? So, you listen. So, do you obey? So, how often? If then, then why not now? Because there may be someone waiting for you. God told Moses, I came here because I heard their cry. I heard their prayers. I saw their oppression. I saw their pain. I saw their turmoil. God sees today people who are hurting, who are living hopeless, who are living in oppression, who are living hurt, who are being surrounded by temptation, who are covered in depression, who are living with no way out. You don't say, yes, Lord, send me. If you don't say, yes, Lord, I'll go wherever you send me. If you aren't willing to be a follower of Jesus, recognize you are sent. The ones who are waiting ever get to know. Experience the joy of being set free. Jesus said in John 8, 32 and 36, he talks about anyone who knows the Son of Man is free. <laughs> there are those out there who don't know him. I'll give it to you this way. You're here. You and God have a relationship. You know him and love him. You have a relationship. And so God is sending you out to those who don't have a relationship with him. Then you get a chance to go and be in a relationship with them. And in your relationship with them, they come to know God. And then their relationship with God comes. And then they go out and go and be in relationship with someone who doesn't know him. Do you see the pattern here? What happens if this stops? And you only come here. And when you leave here, nothing happens. Nothing changes. Your life is the same. You never see yourself as sent. Are you obeying God? How will you respond today?
How will you respond today? What point will you see that God has not only spoken, but he's spoken specifically to you? And he's done more than just give you a good devotional thought. He's done more than just answer your prayer for the things that you needed. But he's delivered you out so you could bring others to him. For the work that he has. 2 Corinthians 3.9, it talks about us being co-laborers with God. But that requires your obedience in the going. I ask you, how will you respond today? Will you trust him? Will you believe he is who he says he is? And will you go where he's sending you, no matter where that may be? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. But I thank you for the hope that you give us each and every day. And I thank you, God, that even even when we stop up our ears and we turn our attentions to the things of this world, you still try to reach us and speak to us. And Lord, I pray right now, in your son Jesus' holy name, Lord, I pray that those under the sound of my voice, if they hear your voice, they will respond with obedience. Lord, I lift up, even if there be one here, that if they've been hearing from you and they've been listening to you, but they haven't taken that step of obedience yet, they haven't taken that move of surrender and following, that they may today make the choice to respond to you in complete obedience because there is someone out there who needs to hear your hope and needs to come to know Jesus for themselves. And Lord, I lift up another. If there be one here this morning who has not heard you yet, who is not in relationship with Jesus, today will be the day that they hear you, Father, calling them to your Son to believe and trust him for themselves, that they may join us in being sent. But we love you. We thank you. We ask that you be with us all. In Jesus' name.